title of my message this morning is Get Used to Different. Get Used to Different. Now, as soon as I say that, or as soon as you read that, you may think Mike's going to talk about the changes that are going to be coming in 2023. Well, that's not what I'm going to talk about at all. I hope there are changes that are coming in 2023, but they're not having anything to do with us as a transition, the things we'll be going through in that regard. Not in the, really not in the least, but it is about getting used to different. And as I've been thinking about that title, you know, if we get used to different, guess what? Different becomes the norm. And I want us to keep that thought in mind because what I'm going to be sharing goes so well with what Pastor Bob shared about consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. And getting used to different, to the point that it becomes the normal. And hopefully you'll begin to see as we go through this what I am talking about. Get used to different. If, how many of you have ever watched The Chosen? The Chosen. Good. I want to first start by saying I love watching this series, The Chosen. But I also want to tell you that it is a historical drama. And the drama part gives them great creative liberties. Doctrinally, I have not seen anything that I think is an error. But what they are primarily doing in this series called The Chosen is developing the characters that we just maybe get mentioned in the Bible to give them a more human face for each one of us to connect with, kind of seeing how they may have interacted with Jesus and and what it could have done and how it could have felt and could have been, and giving us a picture of maybe more of the humanity of Christ than we sometimes have just from our religious mindset or religious pictures and things like that. And there is a scene in season one, it was in episode number seven, that this phrase came from that has become very popular amongst those that have watched The Chosen. The scene is Jesus is walking through the, through the village and he's walking alongside of a number of the disciples that he's already called to follow him. One of them, of course, is Peter. And he plays a role in this particular scene. And this, in this scene, as they're walking through the village, they are walking past where Matthew, the tax collector, is in his little house, his little box almost, collecting taxes. And Matthew has been developed in the story as a very unique character. Um, we don't read about his personality much in Scripture. But he's been developed, and of course, as a tax collector... He's despised and hated by the Jewish people. So that's the setting of the scene. And as they're walking past, they get past and Jesus stops. And he turns towards the tax booth and he just looks at Matthew. Now Matthew has been exposed to Jesus. He has seen some of his miracles. So he's familiar with this rabbi, Jesus. And he's looking at him. And their eyes have connected. And then this conversation takes place. I'm going to just read from the transcript. Jesus says, Matthew. Matthew's kind of like freaking out a little bit like me. Nobody. The Jews don't talk to me. And then he goes, Matthew. Yes, Lord. Follow me. And you can imagine... The disciples that are already following Jesus are like, what's going on here? And of course, 
Peter doesn't just think what's going on here. He steps forward. And the conversation between the Lord and Peter goes something like this. Whoa, what are you doing? Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Jesus says, yes. I don't get it, says Peter. Jesus just looks at Peter and he goes, you didn't get it when I called you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. And Jesus just says to him, get used to different. Get used to different. And that characterization really fits Christianity perfectly. We are different. We are called to be different from the culture. We should be so used to this different that it becomes the norm in our lives. I'm going to just put up a few scriptures or parts of scriptures on the screen. And I want you to look at how different this is from the world's mindset. And you could have made a really long list. I just picked a few. Get used to different. We're called to love our enemies. That's different. We are called to lose our life so that we can find our life. That makes no sense. Get used to different. The last will be first, and the first will be last. It's getting more confusing as you go. In dying, we bear much fruit. Unless that wheat seed goes into the ground, it just becomes a sing- stays a single seed. But if it goes in the ground and dies, it bears many seeds. Makes no sense when we think of how the world thinks. It's more blessed to give than to receive. If we give with the right heart, we all know that. But in the world's eyes, way more blessed to receive than it is to give. We're free when we become slaves of righteousness. And if you just think about each one of these and try and think it from a worldly perspective, it's no wonder the world thinks you and I are nuts. I get my freedom in becoming a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ and surrendering my life to Him as a slave. How does that become free? When we are weak... We are strong. Paul says, you know what? Man, the beatings, the mocking, the ridicule, the stonings. Hey, when I'm weak, I'm strong. Which one of us could say something like that? It's so different. We gain when we lose. If you want to gain your life, you got to lose it first. And the last one I picked was God exalts us when we humble ourselves. This should be the norm for Christians. We are called to be different. We need to understand a few things. And I hope we do. I think we do. But Jesus isn't someone that we add to our life just to make it better. I think in the thing that 
Cindy Barnes put out on Facebook, I added, it's not like putting a cherry on top of the Sunday, the ice cream Sunday, so it's better, or it looks better. That's not what Jesus is. He's not just something we add to our lives so that our life is better. And I think so many times we think that way, and sometimes as Christians we present Christianity that way, and we're making a mistake. It's not just adding something to our life. When Jesus comes into our life, the status quo should leave completely. It's gone. It doesn't make us better. Jesus doesn't come to make us better. He comes to make us brand new. There is a difference. The brand new should become better. But he didn't come to make us better. He makes us new. A new creation. This new life, by its very nature, should make us different. And it's being different that sometimes causes us, even as Christians, to step back a little bit and maybe not be all that God's calling us to be and calling us to do because we don't want to be different. We want to fit in that old self that's supposed to be dead seems to somehow or other still control us way too much. If you and I are followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be ready and willing to embrace different. Not weird. That's not what I'm talking about. Not strange. The world will see us as weird. The world will see us as strange. But we're just called to be different. What does that look like? And that's my goal this morning. The scripture we're starting with is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to be looking at some different verses in this single chapter. And a kind of part of the overall context is Paul is sort of defending himself to the Corinthians because Paul's not there. And evidently there's some teachers there that are kind of cutting on him, putting him down, making fun of him. He's kind of a funny-looking man, and he talks funny. He's not a great order. And they're going on. And besides, he's probably wrong on all these things. And Paul's writing this letter sort of as a encouragement to them, I hesitate to use the word defending himself, but reminding them of who he is because of Christ, so that they would be encouraged to be different. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, most of us have heard that verse more than once. And my question is, what does it mean What does it mean to be a new creation? The moment we accept Christ according to the Word of God, you become a new creation. The old is dead. You're new, a new creation. Now, I don't know about you, but if I look in a mirror, I don't look a lot different. I look older. I don't look a lot different. I guess that's bad news. But I don't even feel different sometimes. And it's not about feeling But if we're totally changed, totally different, there might be some changes that should take place. So my question is, what does it look like to be a new creation? Because according to this, the moment you accepted Christ, you are one. You are a new creation in Christ. It's done. Now, that doesn't mean it's manifesting fully in our lives immediately. Boy, that'd be easy if it would. Sadly, it doesn't. But what does it mean to be new? What does it mean to be changed? 
What does it mean? If I am in Christ, I am a new creature. I'm a new creation. Are you a new creation? If you've accepted Christ, the Bible says, yes, you are. Does it look different? What's it look like? Have you embraced different? If we haven't embraced it, why not? Before we look at the context of what Paul's talking about, I want to take it and connect this with another verse in first, or 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. And watch how he is connecting something, I think, so significant. It's kind of mind-blowing if we wrap our, try to wrap our head around this. He says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Who is that? That's the God of creation in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he goes on and said, who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I think Paul is doing something just amazing here. He is connecting the creator of the universe and him creating all that exists by the words of his mouth with the God of salvation who is causing us to be born again and become a new creation in Christ by the words of the gospel message. I think I'm way more amazed than most of you when I think about that. That blows my mind. I could even look at it and take it a little bit further that the God of creation is bringing me into this state of being a new creation is a part of all the work that Jesus Christ is doing for the new creation that's coming. It's almost like we're the first fruits of that new creation. Amazing to me. But once again, what's it mean to be a new creation? New creation means, and I'm going to use three letters that start with the letter P, or three words that start with the letter P. I don't do this kind of thing very often, but I like these three words. A new creation. First in verse 16, backing up one verse. Therefore, from now on, from now on, therefore, therefore from what? Verse before this tells us what Jesus has done and declared. And he says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one regarding according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. From now on. Being a new creation, the first thing it means is that we have a new perspective. We look at things differently. And in particular, in the context of what Paul is talking about, even though we are a new creation, we are a changed, we have a new perspective, and that perspective has way less to do with me than it does all of the people around us. What is he saying? He's saying, I want you to see everyone else, see others differently. I want want you to see them, not in judging them the way the world judges and the way the world sees, But I want you to judge them according to their heart, to look at them as their heart. Look at them the way I see them. I died for them. I loved them. I came for them. I left heaven and came to earth for them. I want you to see them differently. The focus is more on others than it even is on us as that new creation. Just think of the troubles and the problems in our lives Because we look at people and judge people according to the worldly perspective. 
We look at him and see, gee, they sure look good. Boy, he's handsome. She's gorgeous. They're not. They're so much more likable because they've got success. They've got money. They never smile. They always smile. We're just judging according to the world. And boy, oh boy, can we come to wrong conclusions. And Paul is telling us, don't do that anymore. You're a new creation. And one thing that even causes probably more problems in our lives is the way we look at ourselves. How do we look at ourselves? I'm not as good as they are. I'm not as handsome or pretty as they are. I'm not as smart as they are. I don't have as good a job as they do. Man, their house is so much bigger than and their car. Mine's a rusted out bucket of bolts. Look what they drive. I am such a loser. I am such a failure. God is saying, would you stop that? You're a new creation. Have a new perspective. I want you to see people the way I see people. I want you to see the heart of people. I want you to see my heart for the people so that you see people like I see people. And more, almost more importantly, you see yourself like I see you. As Bob was sharing in the word he shared, we got to get through all these lies, cut through all that garbage, all those things that we have heard and been told, and say, wait a minute, I'm familiar with this book. First of all, you've got to get familiar with this book. I'm familiar with this book, and you know, I know what it says about me. I am precious in his sight. I am loved by him. I am the apple of his eye. He died for me. He'll never leave me. He'll never say, and you can just go on and on and on if you know what the book says. Or if you just listen to the lies that the devil whispers in your ear. He says, I want you to have a new perspective and look at people in a different way. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 12, as I said, Paul is sort of of defending himself, but he says, we're not again commending ourselves to you, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in the heart. We need to see ourselves and others in the way that truly matters. And the way that truly matters is the way the Word of God describes us. That's what truly matters. To be different, to be a new creation, means we have this new and different perspective. And he says something kind of crazy at the end of that verse. I don't even know. You may not have even caught it. When he said uh, in verse 16, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, but now we know him no longer according to the flesh. What does that mean? Before you and I were saved, what was our attitude toward Jesus, if we even had one? He wasn't important. He certainly wasn't relevant. He was an option, primarily for the weak. He says, no, 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 no. You might have looked at him that way, but he is the Son of God who came to earth and died on the cross for you and me. And he was raised from the dead. He was ascended to heaven and he's praying and interceding for you and me until he comes back. What an amazing thing. When we look at him in the way the word of God describes him instead of the way the world can look at him. You and I might even mention Jesus in a group of people and the first thing to do is we disperse the group of people. They don't want to hear about that Jesus thing. You're weird. That's right. We're different, not weird. 
We're different. Get used to different so that it becomes normal in our lives. You know, we used to think, who is Lord of your life? I want you to know who is Lord of my life. I was. New creation. Jesus is now Lord of our lives. And we have a new perspective. And because we have this new perspective, we become a new person. And not only do we become a new person, this is the second P, this is the new person, there is a new person in charge of my life. If we are a new creation in Christ, in Christ, he's the boss. His love compels us, according to the scripture. In verse 14, it reads this way, for the love of Christ compels us. Some translations say controls us. Because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. A new creature, a new creation means we're a new person, but it also means there's a new person driving our life. There's a new person in charge of our life. Jesus died to forgive our sins. Amen, hallelujah, that's awesome. But he also died so there would be a regime change in my life. He said, okay, are you convinced now you made a mess of things while you were in charge? I'm going to be in charge. And you want to experience life to its fullest? Let me be in charge. A new regime is in control. You know, it's common for most people, and especially Christians, January 1, 2023, all right, a do-over, a fresh start. Man, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do all these things differently. And I'm going to I'm gonna make my time. I'm going to use my time so much more wisely. I'm going to read the Word of God and put away all those other books that other people write. I'm going to change the way I spend my money and the things I spend my money on. I'm going to do it right. I am going to take control of this tongue thing that can tear people apart and really say some bad things. I'm going to speak in a much better way. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to dress more modestly than I've dressed in the past. I'm going to change what I watch on television and what I listen to. Have I missed anybody? <laughs> I'm going to do all these things. But you know what? I can do all these things. And they can all be good things. And you know who I'm doing it for? Mike. I am still trying to be in control of my life. We can do all those things so it looks different. It looks better. And quite honestly, it will be better. But if it's not for the Lord, it doesn't matter. It's not the new creation. It's a different Mike but different because Mike is trying in his own strength to change the way he lives. And man, that gets tiresome. Because I fail so often. We are a new person and we have a new person in control. The true evidence that we're truly a new creation is that we live our life for Jesus. You know, over the years, the what would Jesus do thing, and we, all those things, they become almost trivialized because they become so common but they're powerful. Is Jesus leading me to this? Is Jesus causing me to do that? Am I honoring Jesus if I, if I do these things? 
Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, way back in verse 9, Therefore we make it our aim, he's speaking to the church, he says, whether we're present with you or we're absent from you, we make this effort. We want to please him. As a new creation, we want to please him. And because we have a new perspective, because we are a new person and we have a new person in control of our life, we have a very new purpose. A new purpose. We're given a ministry. We're all called to ministry. As a new creation in Christ, you are called to ministry. And very clearly, Paul tells us here, it's a ministry of reconciliation. How many of you consider yourselves ministers of reconciliation? Well, I hope we all do. In 11, starting in verse 11 of chapter 5, it says, Since then we know what is, it is to fear the Lord. This is Paul talking. Because we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade everyone. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but to give you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. I'm trying to live a life, he says, so you can explain and tell people, quit judging him by the worldly standards. Look at this person. Look at his heart. And then he goes on and says, if we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. And if we're out in our right mind, it's for you. Then dropping down to verse 18, he says, all this is from God. And listen to these verses and these certain words in here are so powerful. He says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself. Wow. Through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given you and I a ministry. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And then he says this, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Look at those words, those phrases in there. And this is who Jesus is, and this is what the God is telling us. He has reconciled us. He wants us to be messengers, ambassadors. He has given us the message of reconciliation. And he's calling on us, you and I, to deliver that message. As a new creation in Christ, we are called to that ministry. And the only way we can fulfill that ministry is to share the good news of the gospel and be ready to give a defense for the hope that's in us. Get used to different. Most of us so often are just scared to death to even talk about Jesus. Talk about the hope that's in us. Talk about what Christ has done for us. I mean, gee, we do it with our family. They really think we're weird. And if my family thinks I'm weird, everybody's going to think I'm weird. Get used to different until it becomes normal. And I know all of us have seen those people, been around those people. We just say they're the, they're the special ones who will have that crazy, crazy, wild evangelistic gift. And a lot of them do. But according to what God has declared here, we are all called to be ministers of reconciliation. What does that mean? We're going to share the good news of the gospel so that those that don't know Christ 
can have a relationship with him, to be reconciled with him. They're separated by sin, and they can come back to him. A new creation. We have a new purpose. And if we need more motivation, in verse 21, he talks about what God did for us. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, and that him we might, have come, we might become the righteousness of Christ. And I need to go back to verse 14, where it says, For the love of Christ compels us. Now, when I read that, how do you read that? When I read that, for the love of Christ compels us, controls us, moves us, drives us. I'm thinking only of my love for Christ will make me do those things. I want to offer up, I think I might be thinking of it wrong. I think his love for us compels us. When I begin to understand how much he loves me, how much he loves me, that's what compels us. Yes, we want to love him in return, and that helps. But I think I may read that in the wrong way so often. His love compels me. Some of us might be sitting here thinking, I'm stuck in the old. I feel like I've got a, a rock around my, tied to my neck and I've been thrown in the deep water or I'm dragging around a ball and chain. I don't feel like the new. According to the Word of God, if you've accepted Christ, you're a new creation. What do we do? How do we live it out? I would offer this, and it goes right along with Pastor Bob, what Pastor Bob shared this morning. You know, we need to take every thought captive, and what do we do with it? We need to compare it to truth, the Word of God. If we want to see this new creation manifest in us more fully, the Holy Spirit is primarily going to use the Word of God to transform us, to speak to us, to compel us, to draw us. My challenge to myself and for each one of us here is, in 2023, consecrate some time to spend in the Word of God. That's where we need to be spending our time. That's it. The world we're in is crazy. It's getting crazier by the moment. If you have children or grandchildren, we are releasing them into a crazy world. And the most important thing that we can do for those kids is consecrate some time, set it apart for the Word of God. We're all consecrating time. We are all setting it apart for certain things. What things? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for being a new creation in Christ. God, that in spite of me, in spite of who we were, by your grace, through faith, we have become a new creation in Christ. You've declared it. That's what we are. I pray you would continue by your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in this process of manifesting that new creation in greater and greater ways. God, that we would certainly have your perspective according to your word of God, the truth. That we would realize that we are a new person, but you are in control of our lives. And that we truly have been called to a new purpose. This ministry of sharing the gospel message 
that we would be ready in season, out of season, to defend the hope that is within us. I pray for each of us here and those that may be watching online, God, that you would continue to give us a greater and greater revelation of how much you love us. How much you love us. How much you care for us. And help us to realize and understand with this new ministry, we all have a destiny and a purpose. That we would not judge or be judged by the worldly standards. We would be judged by your word and what you say about us. I pray you watch over us. God, according to the forecast in the next few days, I pray that you could protect us if we have to travel, if the storm comes. Keep us safe. I pray for divine moments where we have those opportunities to be those ministers of reconciliation, that we can share the hope that's in us that because Christ lives in us by the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.